Welcome to PleasingToThePower.com. This is your host, Horace Williams Jr. Thank you for joining me here today. Wanted to hop on and give you an update on my new book. As I mentioned at the end of towards the end of last year, I am working on my next book titled The Furnace of Affliction: How God Uses Our Pain and Suffering for His Purpose. I'm really excited about the early returns and the ready response to the book cover and the sneak peek. So speaking of sneak sneak peek, well, that's hard to say fast five times. I want to share with you all a free chapter here on Anchor. So tune in. Here we go. Introduction, the furnace of affliction. Pain is not a word we like to hear or something we enjoy experiencing. In my research over the past few years, I have discovered that pain has been something that many people are unwilling to admit they faced. They might be too hurt or afraid to express the pain they are feeling. However, feeling pain is a fact of life. At some point, you will have to confront it. During the decades God has blessed me to live on this earth, I have experienced pain and suffering to varying degrees. I vividly remember splitting open my forehead in the sandbox when I was four years old. I staggered to the back door of my house, screaming. Blood was streaming down my face. To this day, there's a small scar to remind me of that traumatic event. I also remember the pain and embarrassment of not being able to walk with my classmates for my high school graduation. The discipline involved me attending summer school that year. I received my diploma in the mail three months after the ceremony. I haven't seen any of my close friends since from high school. I also remember the pain and embarrassment. Oh, sorry. Back up. As a young adult, I remember the agony of being in love and losing that love. I curled up in the fetal position, crying like a newborn baby because the person I was engaged to marry had walked away. In my mid-twenties, I endured the heart-wrenching sorrow at my grandmother's funeral while reciting a poem I'd written for her. She helped raise me, and I spent time caring for her in her later years after her stroke. I became so overwhelmed and was hurting so deeply that I had to fight through my sobbing just to finish the poem. Excuse me. When it comes to my career, even though I've been successful in almost 20 years in sales and marketing, I carry with me the unexpected and painful experiences of being let go from my job twice. Pain is something that we experience in some form or fashion during our time here on earth. Whether it be chronic, debilitating physical pain, the emotional pain of losing someone we love dearly, or the spiritual pain that takes place in our lives via spiritual warfare as we seek to live for Christ. Excuse me. I battle with debilitating physical pain every day. Because it has become so familiar to me on almost a daily basis, I'm comfortable talking and writing about it. The pain I feel now is a result of a massive stroke that I suffered in the summer of 2010. July 1st is a day I will never forget. While talking to a colleague at the office, I dropped the gum bottle I was holding. He called me clumsy and asked what was wrong. I told him I didn't feel well and asked him to take me home. I didn't realize at that time the left side of my mouth had begun to droop. Another friend raced into my office. I had just gotten off the phone with her and she was concerned because I sounded funny. I thought she was teasing me, but she died 9-1 right away. She probably helped save my life. In an instant, I was on my way to the hospital. I struggled with the nurses as they tried to give me a CT scan. I was desperate to communicate that I was claustrophobic as they attempted to put me in the machine. 
it sounded something like this. I'm claustrophobic. I'm claustrophobic. Then I felt something hit my arm, possibly an injection of some kind. And some kind, and I was out like a light. I awakened days later in a dimly lit hospital room with my right leg tethered to the bed. I was unable to sit up and I screamed for help. A nurse poked her head in and saw I was awake and went to get the doctor. The doctor informed me about the stroke and said that my left side had been paralyzed as a result of a blood vessel bursting on the right side of my brain. My vision was blurry and I was in a fog for several weeks afterward. I was unable to walk and was introduced to a wheelchair. To this day, the nerves on the left side of my body radiate through me like electricity. Unable to, I'm, I'm unable to use my left hand to type or hold anything fragile, and the joints on my left side are as stiff as, stiff as boards from head to toe. It's almost nine years after the stroke, I still sleep with my left leg elevated to help with blood flow and to minimize agonizing nerve pain. I never thought I would miss being able just to wiggle my toes and bend my foot into a shoe. Shortly after my stroke, at a follow-up visit, my mother expressed her concern to the doctor about the hydrocodone that was part of my prescription regimen. She was afraid I could become addicted to such a potent opioid. The doctor explained to her that nerve pains a stroke victim experiences are like what you would feel sticking your foot in a pot of boiling water. Finally, thank God, someone was able to, to articulate the pain I was experiencing. The pain is not like a charlie horse the pain you feel when you hit your funny bone. It's excruciating, searing, relentless pain. My mother looked at me and I winked a nod in agreement with the doctor. The sadness in her eyes was evident as I began to understand the, as she began to understand the pain I was trying to manage. As time went by and I tried to return to a normal life, I had to retake my driving test. I did not want to endanger myself or anyone else. I passed the exam, praise God, and I have been off hydrocodone ever since. The pain is something I'm learning to live with and it's only because of God's strength that I'm able to make it through each day. So let me ask you this, how does God use your pain? How does he use pain? Would you get? Would he get your attention without it? I know for me that everything was rainbows and unicorns. I've made no time for God. My relationship with him was distant at best. Of course, with me being raised in a Christian home and dragged to church every Sunday as a child, I knew plenty about God. I even asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me at the age of five years old. However, for 38 years of my life that followed, I tried to do everything on my own. I was self-motivated, selfish, driven to succeed, and headed away from God. Self-motivation and drive are fantastic, but when you are focused on yourself and not living for God, adversity will block your path to true success. None of the painful moments I endured before the stroke, however, were enough to turn my attention toward God. The stroke is where my real pain and suffering came in. I would lie awake in the hospital at night not believing what had happened. The pain and humiliation of not being able to care for myself was devastating. I struggled to recite Psalm 23, hindered by my injured brain. I had not prayed with any sincerity in several years, but I asked God for help and healing. I struggled internally why this happened, but in reality I knew the answer. I had been living a selfish, life-infused life with worldly desires. In that painful, isolated moment, God spoke to me. He revealed that his desire was not for me to live for myself or to accumulate wealth and things of no heavenly value, but to live a life that glorifies him. To share my testimony of faith with all who would listen 
and even those who won't. He saved me from eternal damnation, not so that I'd stay out of hell, not so that I'd just stay out of hell, but also so I'd bring people to know him and inspire them to live for Christ. This story of redemption is why I have written this book, not to join you in the pit of misery, but to lift your spirits, encourage your heart, and challenge you to look deep within yourself despite the painful trials you encounter. Okay, well that's the first part of the introduction of the furnace of affliction. I'm going to stop for here for right now. Hope you would tune in soon as I reveal the second part of furnace of affliction, how God uses our pain and suffering for his purpose. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Horace Williams Jr. over at pleasingtothepotter.com. I'll talk to you soon.